0: What is up, sweet friends, and welcome to the Imperfect Success Podcast, the podcast teaching you, a success-driven perfectionist, how to finally ditch perfectionism and still enjoy your high-achiever lifestyle. Many of us know of the fear of failure, but... Are we as familiar with the fear of success? Dun, dun, dun. Many high achievers deal with the fear of success and we just don't even know it. It's why we self sabotage. It's why we talk so effing negatively to ourselves. And it's why we ask the question God, why can't I just be further ahead? This is one meaty topic, so let's dive in. First, just go ahead and address the elephant in the room. What's this new name that we've called this podcast? Dun-dun-dun! Yes, Life Coach Baker podcast is so kindly tucked away, and we pushed it off into the sunset, and in comes the Imperfect Success podcast. I wanna pull back the curtain just for a second and give you all a quick reader's digest version of why the heck we decided to change the name, the name of the show. And um I, uh, I I'm gonna tell you, it was really honestly from a a very logical and then getting hit in the face like a dumbbell like a, kind of a way. So way back when when we first started the Life Coach Baker podcast, only gosh, almost four years ago, wild. I didn't do any of this preliminary work, really. I just kind of threw a podcast up on the internet because I loved podcasts. It made me so happy. I, you know, procrastinated on the first episode. I recorded it probably, God, 30 times probably, and finally was just like, it's good enough. I'm not a perfectionist. I don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) but we just really just put it up on the internet and over time it's really morphed and changed and and developed a podcast premise that we didn't really have at the very beginning of the show. And as a result, I'm I'm flabbergasted at how big this show has grown. We're in the top 2.5% globally ranked shows. I want to take a quick side step and just say Thank you to the people who have listened to the show, to the community. This show has grown. It is truly because of you guys and the the support you've shown, the word of mouth you guys have used. And it's just, I'm just, I can't even begin to tell you how freaking grateful I am. And. One of the things I knew I wanted to focus on at post wedding in this business, because my world has really been split up into pre wedding and post wedding projects, and this is one of the big post wedding projects I knew I wanted to dive into, was getting this podcast up to speed with the rest of the business and getting it to a place where. You know, it is really growing consistently, and it is already. But I'm, I'm a high achiever. I love the more. Um, but I, I have really big dreams for the show, including some amazing guests and um, really cool topics that we're going to dive into. And as a result, I want to make sure the show is getting out to as many high achieving perfectionists as possible. Because I don't know about you, but I'm lit on the shit that we talk about on this show, and it makes me so happy to share it. And I want to make sure, because I've had so many responses from you all as to how much this show has helped you think in a new way, um, you know, overcome so many elements of your life. I want that to be getting out to as many people as possible. And I knew one of the first things that had to go, tragically, not really tragically. I I was very at peace with saying goodbye to the name. But one of the things that I knew needed to go was the name of the podcast. I've had people reach out to me and be like, is this a podcast for bakers (laughs) or is this life coaching for bakers on, you know, while they're baking or something like that? And I'm just like, oh my God, no. I've also had people say, is this a show for life coaches? And it's just like, yes and no, but really and truly, I wanted to make sure it was so directed towards that high achieving perfectionist, the people who love to have their many, many, many goals, but they're not achieving them as fast as they want to. And they're beating themselves up like crazy over it and that's why eventually after many many brainstormings of new names and many duds and many trips to chat gbt because my creative wells were so drained it was like a freaking hammer slapped me in the face when i thought of imperfect success and like clockwork i start scourging the internet and i'm like okay this has to be a name already and it wasn't and i was like well there's a fucking sign. And the more and more I thought about it, I was like, I can't imagine the show being named anything else. And so I actually pushed up the rebrand of the show. It wasn't supposed to happen for a few more months, but I was so excited about this. that I was like, I want this. I want this sooner. It feels so right. And here we are with imperfect success. So if this is your first time here, I'm so happy you just got a five minute download on the new name of the show of the show that you've never listened to before. Major welcome! It's so it's so exciting to have you here. My name is Nicole Baker Holloman. Yes, speaking of new names, a you just got back from marriage. That's a new last name slapped on there, buddy. Um, all about the new names this week. My name is Nicole Baker Holloman. I am a coach for perfectionists. I am also a speaker and obviously host of the Imperfect Success Podcast. But as a recovering perfectionist myself. And someone who grew up in the personal development world, this is a a conversation that is really near and dear to my heart today. Because we're going to be talking about fear of failure versus the fear of success. Now, a lot of us are very attuned to the fear of failure. If we're in the personal development space because we're high achievers and we read personal development books, we listen to the podcast, da-da-da-da-da, you'd have to be stuffing your head in the sand if you've never heard the phrase fear of failure before. It is talked about like every other YouTube short that you watch right now on the motivational space on YouTube. It is so pointed and everyone just talks about how you can't let it get in your way. You have to push past the fear, da, 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 And if you're anything like me, you hear that and you're like, okay, fucking great, but how? Because I love to know the reason as to why my brain acts as if the world will turn upside down if I send a fucking email that I'm scared I'm gonna get rejected on and fail at that's never happened, more on that later, but we're very attuned to the fear of failure. We're very easily able to call it out, I'd say, or at least more easily. But this sneaky bastard is not talked about as much, and that is fear of success. It is so much more invisible, and it's so much more unconscious, for a good reason, and we'll talk about that soon, but it is so much more unconscious that It sneaks up, and the next thing you know, we are self-sabotaging ourselves to the freaking other side of the planet because we are so afraid of actually succeeding. Now, I realize I'm talking to a bunch of high achievers, a bunch of perfectionists who want their high achievements to happen fucking now, actually yesterday, and they want all 52 of them to be underway, and they want to be in happy, happy, happy land, Unfortunately, that's obviously not the case because we are constantly growing and evolving. We have 52,000 goals and they're just never gonna get all done immediately. And so much of, when I've I've talked about the fear of success before, people have been like, well, no, because I want success. I want to feel successful. But fear of success is not about not wanting success. It's about unconsciously believing that you are not deserving of success, or you are not a successful person. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that we will do absolutely anything to match our outside world with the identity that we put on ourselves. And if we put on ourselves that um, I'm mediocre, I'm never going to get anywhere, I'm not a successful person, things don't work out for me, I'm always going to go bankrupt, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, we're going to unconsciously self-sabotage ourselves when it comes to success because we don't feel deserving of it. So we're going to get way more into this, but whole oh buddy, my goal of this day is for you to understand the difference between these two fears, because there's a lot of overlap, but there's some differences here too. And I also want to give you three tactical exercises that you can use whenever you're in either of these fears. If I gave you three for each, I feel like that's overwhelming and none of you would use any of them. So the nice thing is that whenever we're in the fear of failure or fear of success, because we tend to act in a Similarish way with both of them, we can immediately call ourselves out, and we can immediately get into action around overcoming said fears because we don't have time for them. But first and foremost, let's talk about fear of failure. We're very familiar with this one. Again, you all know because you've seen a million and a half videos, listened to a million and a half podcasts on fear of failure. But let's just go ahead and dive into it. Fear of failure is basically saying um, if x happens if I do this thing that's out of my comfort zone because it's normally with something out of our comfort zone because that's what slams the fear of failure button in our brains if I do this thing that's out of my comfort zone and it doesn't go right I get a troll on the internet calling me out saying something really mean I get a rejection letter I um uh, the reel or the video flops, um, uh, God, what else? Oh my God, so many things. I get laughed off the stage. I don't make it to the top. I don't get a uh, gold medal. Da, 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 da. Fear of failure basically just means, I'm not going to meet my expectations if I do this thing out of my comfort zone. And in fact, it's not even that I don't even meet those expectations. It's that my worst fear of what could happen that's actually stopped me from doing this thing for so long is going to happen. And I just can't do that. And our brain is programmed to protect ourselves from this fear. Our brain is programmed to keep us safe. Our brain is programmed to make sure that we don't get hurt. We don't feel like we're a failure. We don't feel like we're rejected. Our brain is programmed to keep us in that nice and quiet little bed where we're all tucked in and everything's safe and everything's warm and it's that really warm bed when it's cold outside and you just feel so fucking good like a little caterpillar. Our brain is programmed to keep us that way. Thank you, brain. We like you for that because it's what keeps us from walking off cliffs every day. But when this is really hitting home, for instance, I this is a few years ago, I've talked about this example a lot, but because it happened so often, is when I first started doing mega outreach for the show. Um, For instance, I was like, I really want to start guesting on more podcasts. And I was like, okay, as a result, I know I need to reach out to people and email other hosts of podcasts and say, hey, my name's Nicole Baker. I do this. I would love to talk about this on your show. I'd love to gift your audience this and so on and so forth. Let's eat cake. And that email terrified the absolute daylights of me out of me why because i was afraid i'd go on the show and flop because i was afraid which we'll talk about more in a second well i was afraid they would send an email back and be like you don't have a big enough following for our podcast i was afraid of getting rejected i was afraid of it not working out and i was afraid of this insanely rude person coming back at me on the email which by the way never fucking happened ever. Worst case scenario was I got ghosted. Darn. Oh, so sad. But that fear of failure kept me from doing those outreaches for longer than I would have liked. But when I finally started calling it out and been like, am I really going to get laughed off the email? Am I really going to feel someone saying, how dare you think that you're important enough for this podcast? Am I really going to experience that? And the answer was no or highly unlikely, and so I decided to send the email anyway. And in one year, I was on like 60 podcasts as a result, and my business started growing majorly. So the fear of failure is a really good reason and a really good form of procrastination. It is why a lot of us procrastinate on starting our businesses, on sending the email, on asking the person out for the date. It's why a lot of us um, hold off on doing the actually really important things for our goals. We've talked about this also a lot on the show about the 80-20 principle. A lot of people spend a lot of time in their 80% tasks, the tasks that don't move them forward, the tasks that are so time consuming, the tasks that everyone is like, huh oh, these are so important, but they move you like minusculely forward. That's the 80% tasks. A lot of us stay in those because we're afraid to do the 20% tasks that launch us forward, but they're way out of our comfort zone. We're afraid to hang up the flyer in the coffee shop that's promoting our voice studio. We're afraid to go up to that person in the networking meeting and say, hey, I have this product that I think you would love. Would you like to try it? We're afraid to do things that put our asses on the line, especially as business owners, but just as human beings too. We're afraid to ask for the promotion, for example. Because we're afraid of getting rejected, because we're afraid of falling flat on our face, we're afraid of getting laughed at, we're afraid of our family saying that we're worthless, whatever it is. But there's so much of that that lets us buy into that story that we are going to fail, that we are going to get laughed off, and then we don't have to do the work that's actually going to move us forward. So for those of you who have your 52 goals and you're like, why am I not making progress in any of them? First and foremost, that's a whole other conversation that we will talk about on the show, but... My biggest thing for you is stop focusing on the things that are just fear of failure in disguise. A lot of us fill our days and feel so busy, fill our to-do list with fear of failure exercises, the exercise, not exercises, but tasks that make us feel busy, make us feel important, but are actually not moving us forward. Okay, we've beat the horse of fear of failure, dead. You know what this is. But here's what's really interesting about fear of failure. Because it's talked about so much, because it's something that we see in every freaking podcast or every freaking um, personal development book, there's always a fucking chapter on fear of failure, we're so attuned to it. And because our brain is so programmed to look for things that would stem in fear, fear of failure, Whoa, Nicole, what did you just say? Let's go back a few million years. Way, 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 way back when, when we were out hunting and we found some berries on this lovely little hunting trip that we were on. We found some berries and then we looked to our left and holy shit, there's a saber-toothed tiger. Oh my God, I'm going to die. And let's just say, miraculously, we get away from the saber-toothed tiger. We make it back to the campsite. We tell all of our fellow cavemen that, ooh, ha, this happened. I don't know why I was a monkey. It <laughs> was weird. Um, this happened. Oh, dear. We need to be careful. Are we going to remember those berries? Hell no. Our brain is programmed to always remember the negative thing that might kill us. And because fear of failure tends to light up the same parts of our brain that fight or flight do, aka survival mode, aka facing off with a saber to tiger, we are so much more attuned to regularly rehearsing fear of failure. How many times have you um, been about to ask for a raise or been about to send a scary email or been about to, um, make a doctor's appointment and you are afraid of the worst case scenario happening. And then you're like, uh, maybe I shouldn't do this right now. I'll do it later. We rehearse failure regularly But the sad truth is, is that a lot of us aren't rehearsing success. Now, hold up because you're probably like, wait, I'm a high achiever. I do visualization daily. What are you talking about? And if you don't, I strongly recommend it. We'll talk about that more in the action steps at the very end of this episode. But when we're rehearsing success, a lot of us are rehearsing our goal getting accomplished. We're not rehearsing looking around in our life and feeling deserving of that accomplishment, of feeling actually that success and that joy and everything that comes along with it. We're not rehearsing that nearly as much as we're rehearsing failure. So let's move into fear of success. Nice little segue there. Fear of success is an unconscious self-sabotage. And it's more often than not Because we do not believe that we are deserving or we do not believe that we are at our core a successful person. Now I realize the irony that I am talking to a bunch of high achievers who outside in probably are like, I'm very successful, Nicole. I'm a high achiever. I work really hard for all the things that I want. But here's the deal. A lot of us work really hard for all the things we want. How often do we stop and enjoy the things that we have and the successes that we've had? Hmm, not very often. We normally accomplish something and then we're like, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? Which con- like just deepens that belief in our brain that no matter what we do, it's never enough. So are we actually a successful person if no matter what we do, it's still never enough? Hell no. Absolutely not. So fear of success is this unconscious self-sabotage. Let's talk about a little bit what does fear of success look like? There's a lot of things coming at you, so get ready. Number one, success fear of success can look like fear of change. So for instance, when we are picturing our goals happening, odds are it's very different from the current life we're living. It's probably a huge you know, promotion, a huge uh, income change. It might be, um, I know a lot of uh, performers listen to this podcast. It might be booking a role and needing to go out on tour. Um, it might be, uh, finding the love of your life and getting to be with them. But a lot of your habits and a lot of your day-to-day life is going to change. So when fear of change is linked a fear of success, actually, here's a good example. Um, way back when, when I was an actor... I would be, uh, you know, auditioning for these roles on, you know, on national tours, on Broadway stages, on um, little playhouse stages. I mean, there was a very wide range, but normally it was getting me out of Chicago stages. And I would sometimes throw the audition unconsciously, but sometimes I would throw the audition because I was afraid of what life would look like in this new place. If I were to go on tour, my whole life would change. Oh my God, how scary. So my unconscious mind was like, "Mm, that does sound scary. You're really comfortable where you are right now, working at this restaurant and working till 4 a.m. every day. It's comfortable, so let's just stay here where it's known. Let's just stay here where it's known, where it's not unknown, a.k.a something that our brain desperately tries to avoid. So I threw the audition. So fear of change is a big reason we unconsciously sabotage with fear of success. Number two, fear of being out of control. So a lot of us, when we are safe, when we are in our comfort zone, just all nice tucked up in that little caterpillar bed with the warm sheets and the cold exterior and it just feels so damn good, We feel so safe. And many of us, when we're in that safe zone, we feel in control. We know what our day-to-day looks like. This is very similar to fear of change, but it's fear of um, losing that control. A lot of perfectionists, my God, so many perfectionists, have a desperate need to cling on to control. And as a result whenever success comes, whenever it's unknown, we don't know what control looks like in that state, we self-sabotage. We procrastinate unnecessarily. We say no to an opportunity we really want to do, but it's like, oh, that sounds like I'm losing my control. No, thank you. So those are the two really, really big ones. Number three, fear of being in the spotlight. Now, a lot of high achievers tend to be Enneagram threes. They tend to love being in the spotlight and twirling around a little bit. But there's also a lot of us that really fear being seen in the spotlight. Um, I know I am majorly one of them at my wedding, literally at my wedding, but um, You know, you're in the spotlight for a very long time and uh, we were done with like first dances, father-daughter dances, all that kind of stuff. And it was finally time for everyone to start group dancing. And I literally grabbed my best friend's arm and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be out of the spotlight. I'm so happy to finally be able to just like be one with the crowd and be with everyone and have fun. So while that maybe isn't fear of success, it is definitely an example of when we're in the spotlight, it can... Feel really scary it can also feel out of control it can also feel like oh my god what if they see me what if they really see me and for perfectionists looking at you someone fully seeing us means that they might see the imperfect side of us too and if we're fearful of being in success, and maybe success looks like being in the spotlight for you, whether you're a speaker or a coach or an author or an actor or even just in a leader, leadership position in your company, fear of being in the spotlight can look very quickly like unconscious self-sabotage because you don't want to be in the spotlight. You're afraid of being seen. You're afraid of someone finding out that you're not good enough. We'll get more to that in a moment. Number four, fear that once you succeed, you won't be able to maintain it and you will not live up to everyone's expectations. I'm going to say that one one more time because that's kind of a long one. Fear that once you succeed, you won't be able to maintain that success and you will not be able to live up to everyone's expectation of that success. Life is ever ebbing and flowing. And sometimes we throw our success or we throw an opportunity because, oh my God, what if I fucking kill this? What if I get this job? What if I get this promotion? But then what if I lose it? We're going to talk about this a lot in a second because this is a big one in my life. But this is one of those versions of I don't feel deserving of this. Number five. You'll finally be discovered as a fraud. I can name probably 15 examples off the drop of my hat, off the drop of a hat, of how many times I've had this conversation with clients. People are terrified of being quote unquote found out. And it's like, why? Why are we so afraid of not knowing something? So for example, I teach someone who is a teacher of her own. And she's really starting to go big in her business with this and like acting big, getting more people in her inner space and all this stuff. And I'm so fucking proud of her. But one of the things she said on a call that actually inspired this episode a while ago was what if people find out that I'm not all knowing? What if people find out I don't have all the answers? And I told her the story of way back when I was first coaching And I was coaching performers at the time. And did I have all the answers of how to life coach at that time? Hell no. Absolutely not. The amount of times I'd be on a call and someone would say something and I'd run to my bookshelf. And I'm very fortunate because I grew up in this industry. I have a lot of books. I have a lot of resources and material. Um, I think it's what made me so knowledgeable in this area at such a young age. However... I would be flipping through. I'd be like, okay, they said this, and I think that's this exercise, and I think, da da I think this will help them, let's go. I didn't know everything. I had I very much so not even knew everything. And there were some times that they'd say something, and I'm like, I have no idea how to handle this situation. And you know what I did? I told them, you know what? This is a really good point. Right now, I don't have the tools for that. But I promise you by our next call, I will have something. And I would go and I'd start researching. And I would start listening to shows about what they were experiencing and reading books or reading excerpts or articles or audiobooks or whatever it was on things that they were experiencing. And by the next time we handled that thing in a fucking second, but I was okay with them knowing that I was not all knowing. And in fact, they appreciated that I didn't just try to bullshit my way through an exercise because that's a waste of both of our times. What I told this client of mine after telling her this story is, what if you don't know all the answers? What if you're not the most expert in your field yet? How do you get to be an expert in your field? And she says, fuck, by trying, by learning. And I'm like, and are you going to learn everything that you need to know for your field before you have your first call with someone she goes no and I say okay so are you actually going to be discovered or found out and she says no if anything I'm just going to be imperfect and that's who I am and I said ding 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 hooray so This is a really big one that I want you to remember. We are not supposed to have all the freaking information. In fact, especially if you are someone in a leadership role or a teaching role or a business role or a coaching role, if you even just have the next step for your student, your client, your person, if you just have the next step for them, that's good enough. In fact, I would say that's even better because then you're not overwhelming them with 50 steps. And sometimes the next step can be put on pause because you are smart enough to figure it out. Stepping off my soapbox. Number six, fear of becoming a different person. So a lot of people um, who have the belief in their head of money makes you evil And one of the goals that they have is to be able to make a certain amount of income that makes them feel like they are thriving. If that is that type of person, but they believe that if they become successful, if they get money, that they're gonna be evil and bad, they're gonna self-sabotage. They will spend it all. They will manifest crazy bills. And I'm not a super woo-woo person, but God, I've seen it too many times to not believe it. Like this... This one is pretty fucking huge where it's like if you believe that you're going to become a, quote, bad person by changing an element of your life in a successful manner, again, going back to our identities, our identities are the core of how we shape the world around us. And if we don't want to become a bad person, but the bad person money, um... Uh, success, ego, fame, whatever you want to call it, would be attached to fear of, or would be attached to the success, you will self-sabotage every time. Number seven, fear of more stress and pressure. Fear of more stress and pressure. Stress and pressure. <laughs> We're doing great. Um, So if you are, for instance, in a corporate company and you are climbing up the corporate ladder and you're up and up and up and one of your big successful things is I want to be director, I want to be a high level manager, I want to be a executive or whatever it is. But you're like, oh my God, I can't handle the stress, I can't handle the pressure. Yeah, that success is not going to happen for you because you're going to keep self sabotaging. This is number eight, fear of having a bigger impact on more people making you feel more vulnerable because you're now in the spotlight to more people. This is kind of amalgamation of a bunch of them, but if you are an influencer, let's say, and your fear, your success to you, the goal that you're wanting to achieve is a certain amount of community members, a certain amount of following, a certain level of respect, but you are afraid of having that vulnerability you are afraid of being that big having that like if you say you love this robe and everyone's like oh my god I'm going to buy that robe and then everyone hates it like of course it's going to be terrifying so naturally We self-sabotage. This is more for that person who's wanting to get into the spotlight, wanting to get into a um, more influencer role in their business, which is a lot of you guys, which is totally fine. Me as well. I want to have a big impact on people and sometimes that scares me, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Number nine, fear of it just being, just being that good and feeling undeserving. I want to talk about this one and number 10 at the same time because they really go hand in hand. So, number 9 is fear of it just being that good and feeling undeserving of it. And number 10 of is feeling and number 10 is fear of losing that it's just this good feeling. So, back in March, I was looking at my life and I was like, "Oh my god. Things are so good." Things are so fucking good. Things in the business were going really well. Things in my relationship were going really well. Things in his career were going really well. Things were just that good. And there was a part of me that was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I was so afraid of losing this serenity, this peace, this joy that had just come into my life for what felt like for the first time in forever. And... Then March happened and my now husband lost his job. And from there, it was just a do 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 So will I say we self-sabotaged ourselves? Maybe. I don't mind taking responsibility for that. It sucks, but it might be true. But... I do think that there was a part of me that was afraid of feeling fully deserving or feeling fully successful or saying, looking at my life and saying, Oh my God, it just gets to be this good. Like, let me just like allow it to be this good. And I had moments of it and it felt, I I can't describe a better feeling of just allowing life to feel so good. And it's what I'm like, okay, what can I do to get back to there? (laughs) What can I do to get back to there? It's so good. And So often we live in those moments and we just feel so undeserving and we're in this success. We're in this level that we wanted and then we're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. So I actually have a client right now who her and I are actively talking about this. She has everything she's wanted for her whole life. And she's like, and now I'm afraid to ask for more. But in actuality... We're allowed to change what success looks like. And I'm not going to even call it success in this manner. We're allowed to change what our dreams and our goals and our our vision for life looks like if we're at that level that we wanted for so long. And then we can say, wow, look around, feel so present, feel so grateful, feel so proud of ourselves. And we're allowed to say, okay, I'm I'm allowed to work for more. I'm allowed to work for more. Note the difference here though, because we've talked about this a lot on the show where it's like, I accomplished this major goal that I've been wanting for so long and I don't celebrate myself. I totally ignore it. And I just immediately run to the next thing because that's all I know. It's just, it's this next thing that's gonna make me happy. One of the things that I commend my client right now on doing so well is looking around at her life and feeling so grateful and feeling so proud, but not letting that stagnate her and instead it's a mo- it's more of a a energy boost for her to say oh my gosh there's this other thing that i do still want to do and it requires her to get out of this whole level of her comfort zone and i'm so fucking proud of her but life sometimes just gets to be this good and we get to feel deserving of it and that's really fucking scary um i know bernie brown also talks a lot about that in her netflix special um Oh my God, what is it called? I know there's like 45 people listening to this podcast who are like screaming it into their microphone, but I don't remember what it is. It's on Netflix. If you type in Bernie Brown, it's fucking amazing. Brain tissues, because woof, buddy. So I hope with that big old example, we really understand what is the difference between fear of failure and fear of success. Now, again, there's a lot of overlap you probably noticed, but there is a huge difference. Now- I wanna talk about what do we do in the instances where we are feeling this? How do we get rid of fear of success? How do we get, I won't say get rid of, because honestly, we're programmed to have fear of failure. We're programmed to have fear just in general. It's not about getting rid of the fear. It's about looking at how do I look past the fear? And this is where I've come up with this analogy around me called the big black curtain. Let's say I have a goal of I want to... Um, pitch myself to be on this podcast. And it's a podcast I've so loved, I've so admired, and I really think I'd be a good fit for the show. But immediately my brain says, <gasps> you can't pitch yourself to be on this podcast. What if you fail? What if you um, make an idiot of yourself? What if you did da 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 And it's almost like you're on this path of going from point A to point B, point A being, oh, I have this idea of I wanna be on the show, point B being be on the show. And it's like this big old black curtain, you know, those really heavy theater curtains that like you can barely lift, they're so freaking heavy, drops down in the middle of your path and just says, nope, you can't go past this. Absolutely not. There's a big curtain. We got the fear. Boom. But here's what the big black curtain does. Is it says, no, you might fail. Go. Oh, there, you, there you go. You're done. And because it's so, you might fail, it's not specific. We don't really go beyond the fear. We just say, oh, I might, this bad thing might happen to me. I can't go down that road. And so we procrastinate, we do something else, we say it's not worth it, da, da 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 we say it's not important. My favorite exercise on the planet, and yes, this is number one, by the way, is to ask myself, what would it be like to peek behind this black curtain? Now, I don't mean, what's the best case scenario that could happen? Because I hear a lot of personal development people talk about, oh, you might have this fear of failure, but what if the best scenario happened? And for some people, that is just way too big of a jump, and that's just shoving down this fear into your pit of your stomach, and it's going to boil over eventually. So what I love to do is I love to peek behind the black curtain and say, okay, black curtain, what are you trying to protect me from? What is the worst case scenario here? Worst case scenario. So let's say, let's use this example. I, I send the email and they send me back a, just, I, they rip me a new asshole, basically. You can't do this. You don't have a big enough following. You um, are so pretentious. Who do you think you are? You aren't good enough to be on our show. Who, who, blah, 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 blah. Or I go on the show and I flop. And since it's a big show, oh my God, so many people just hurt me flop. I'm so embarrassed. I'm never going to amount to anything. People are going to laugh at me every time I go on stage now. So this big black curtain is trying to protect me from a mega rejection and making a fool out of myself. Now, here's the kicker of this exercise that changes the fucking game is you ask yourself, okay, that's the worst case scenario. Great. What do I do? If the worst case scenario happens. So they send me back an email who the fuck do you think you are? you can't do this da, 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 da. what do I do? I'll probably cry But then I'd say okay maybe not that up maybe not that podcast. there's 2.5 million podcasts out there. Could I pitch to another one? I would pick myself back up. So I totally bomb. I talk and a, it doesn't make any sense, or I vomit on the podcast just outright or something like whatever it is, that can be material for me in talks that I do in the future. And yes, I've actually done this in the past. That can be a story that I tell someday that shows that the worst case scenario can happen to you and you'll still be okay. It can be an inspiration for other people. My point here is so often we hold ourselves back because we don't look past that black curtain. And by the way, we're programmed not to. Our our black curtain is there. So it's like, oh, I saved you the time. I saved you the energy. I saved you the horrific events that are behind me. Don't look. You're good. Go another way. I I blocked this off. But by peeking behind the black curtain, we start to look at, oh, this is not a matter of life and death. This is a worst case scenario. Is it going to be amazing? Hell no. But am I going to be okay afterward? Absolutely. So number one exercise I want you to do here is to practice the black curtain exercise. When you notice fear of failure come up and when you notice fear of success come up, by the way, yes, it works in the same way. If people find out you're a fraud, God forbid. If people find out you are vulnerable and imperfect, if you um, experience mega amounts of change that makes you freak out entirely, what are you gonna do next? So for me, if I gotten on that national tour and oh my God, my entire world just flipped upside down, Would I eventually have a new normal? Absolutely. By the way, brain, I've even gone on tour before, and it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. So telling your brain, hey, this worst case scenario is actually something I can deal with, lessens that fight or flight response. So that's number one. Number two exercise is to begin rehearsing success in your mind. We need to be reminded of this all the time. I need to be reminded of this currently in my life right now. Visualization is fucking huge. Actually, I have an entire visualization vault. It's seven different visualizations for money, for confidence, for career, for relationships, for health, for your big, big, big goal. All of those combined, I'll drop the link in the show notes. I think it's like, 27 bucks something like that um but have at it it's huge it's really helpful i personally don't do any non-guided visualization practices because my brain just goes all sorts of which ways and i need someone's voice to talk at me (laughs) to do a certain type of visualizing so rehearsing success in our mind we rehearse failure all freaking day because we're programmed to so we have to intentionally rehearse success as well. And it becomes a lot easier to see ourselves in success. Hooray! Last but not least, number three. I've talked about this a lot of times on the podcast, but it's been a minute since we've talked about this on this episode. The identities that we put on ourselves, that's the way we shape the world around us. And if I say I'm not a successful person, you bet your sweet Bibby, I'm not going to see the world through a successful person's eyes. And I'm going to self-sabotage myself on my way to success. So if I start identifying, literally just saying, I am a successful person, one of my favorite ways of phrasing it, because I'm a successful person, doesn't really like, strike, a, strike a chord with me. Instead, I say, I'm a, I am an intelligent person who plays big. I'm going to say that one more time. I am an intelligent person who plays big. And I'm going to be really honest with you. It's been a while since I've had this affirmation or this incantation of like go off in my head regularly. And I've been feeling the repercussions of that. So one of the things I'm starting doing today, literally in real time, it's ironic that we're doing this episode today, is having that as an alarm in my phone to go off numerous times throughout the day. I am an intelligent person who plays big. So change that however you want to, but start identifying as your version of success and you don't self-sabotage as much. My sweet friends, that is the meat of today. That's all she wrote. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I got you hope you got so many good little nuggets out of it. I do have a quick request before we part ways for the day, and that is because We have just rebranded the podcast because there's a new name, a new cover photo-ish. It is more important now than ever to like, to share, to rate the podcast, to blast it to all of your friends. It is so, so, so incredibly important for the growth of the show and for the growth of the rebrand, of course. So if you have not, please take a moment to rate the podcast. You can do so by hitting any of those stars. Ideally, the five one, but I also don't want to tell you what to do. But hitting any of those stars on either Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, you can also throw a little love note in that review section that is even more important for than the five stars. But if you don't have the time right now, then the five stars is plentiful. If you're an above and beyond person because you're a high achiever like that, Please take a moment and share the podcast with a fellow fear of failure, fear of success person in your life. Please, please, please. It is so helpful. If you want to share it on social media, you can tag me at Life Coach Baker on social. And I'd love to reshare and just send all the love your way. But I I cannot even begin to tell you how helpful it is, especially now with the new name and the rebrand of the show. You all, I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for liking, thank you for sharing, thank you for rating, thank you for reviewing. You guys are amazing. I hope you have so much fun enjoying the life you're working so hard for. Bye.